The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast and our first NBA podcast since the beginning of the season in mid-October. So we'll be discussing all the major trades that went on in the this past Thursday's trade deadline. And we'll go over the kind of the overview of each conference going into the last like 20-25 games of the season. So uh, joining me on this podcast... All three of these guys uh, join me for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference over-unders. First, we have uh, Asif in Kansas City, Missouri. What's up, Asif? How you doing? Good, man. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, looking forward to the last couple months of the regular season. It should be exciting. And next, we have Rebound in L.A. and Akshay in L.A. as well. So, what's up, Akshay and Rebound? How are you guys doing? What's going on, Hishan? Doing well, so uh, let's. Uh, I guess we'll start in the Eastern Conference. That's where the majority of the fireworks took place. So Akshay, you being a Celtics fan, uh, the Celtics pretty much stood pat at the trade deadline for the most part. Uh, what was kind of your assessment of the Celtics' uh, trade deadline stuff, and uh, were you happy overall with them staying pat, or did you want them to make a move? You know, I. I actually didn't want them to make the move. I think uh, they have enough talent, uh, young talent, going forward. Uh, the only thing I didn't, um, I was watching out for, maybe they'll make a small move, pick up a center, uh, because Aaron Baines is out uh, until all-star break. Uh, but uh, uh, nothing happened. So, I mean, uh, that's what I was looking at. And I, I was thinking, you know, with the whole AD thing going on, it's like uh, with the Lakers involved and all that, I thought some trade would go would go down, but uh, unfortunately that didn't happen. But I think this opens the window for in summertime. Uh, or during the summer, during the offseason, uh, uh, I bet Ainge is going to be talking to Demps about some trade. I don't know if it will go through. I don't know okay. if it's even... About some trade with Anthony Davis, dude. you never know. Okay, there could be a trade, but the thing is, but the thing is, I don't know if I want Anthony Davis, bro. <laughs> I mean, after all this that has gone through, all the drama with his agent, Rich Paul, who I think, uh, I think ruined the whole thing with the, in the Laker trade or whatever was supposed to be a trade. I think it's a. Uh, do you really want this drama? You know, do you really want to give up all these players for this drama with this kid who always gets? If they, I mean, right now he uh, he's injury prone. You know, I mean, who's to say what's going to happen in the, in the future? You know, do you really want to give up all this? So, I mean, we'll see what happens, man, in the offseason. But I think the Celtics do need, I think they need to make some changes as far as, like, I think they, I think they need to bring in a little more veteran help, maybe in the buyout market, uh, which is there. There are some veteran players available. Uh, but, um, I mean, other than that, I don't see anything happening till, um, during the offseason for the Celtics. Okay, kind of in regards that this is kind of going a little bit away from the trade deadline, but... 
Kyrie's behavior this season, kind of where are you at on the annoyed scale from 1 to 10 on Kyrie's behavior, calling out teammates, so forth, uh, talking about well, his free agency? Sort of, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm, uh, a little, I'm at a 5 level, you know, because I, I did expect this to happen. I mean, especially like LeBron, what's happening in the, in, with the Lakers, it's calling out teammates, doing all this stuff, because these guys are veteran players. These guys have been to the, to the finals, and you're playing with kids pretty much. You know, the young kids who are still learning the game. So, it's, I mean, there's going to be times where these guys are, are going to get frustrated with defensive uh, mishaps, offensive mishaps, you know what I mean? So I do understand what they're going through, but I think he could have done it a lot better than he did. I think he I think he apologized about that. You know, I mean, with Kyrie, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, right now, I think he still, he still has to mature himself in a way, you know, but... Um, uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason. Okay, and we'll go to Asif now. Kind of in regards to Kyrie Irving, uh, kind of foreshadowing in the future, do you see him as a Celtic uh, at the beginning of next season? Ultimately, at the end of the day, I do think he sort of stays with the Celtics because he looks across the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. People are saying that his relationship with LeBron is fully patched up. I don't think he'll go back. He'll come to L.A. And look, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that team is built with him, Tatum, and potentially Anthony Davis, and they're built to contend the next five to eight years. They've got a long window, I and mean, even if they don't make it out of the East this year, it's nothing that's really stopping them. Tatum's still on a cheap contract for two more years after this one. Jalen Brown's cheap for the next two years as well. You've got room for them to add, and they've got all this draft capital to get the superstar for without really giving away the core of the team, which you can't say about the Lakers or anyone else, so I think he ultimately stays, and he recognizes that it's the best situation potentially to win long-term for him rather than going to New York or New Jersey and trying to build something from scratch again. That, I view it that way, and they've been pretty accommodative. I mean, you can be mildly annoyed the way he acts. He's a borderline superstar, but it's justifiable. Okay, and Rebound, you've been messaging me a lot about the Celtics in, in recent days, so any anything you have in regards to Kyrie or just the Celtics in general? Yeah, go ahead, Akshay. I, I agree with you, Rebound. That's why I'm saying. That's why I mentioned the, the Celtics need to pick up uh, a little more veteran players, you know. Because Kyrie Irving, um, at the game against the Lakers, you know, it, it was a hard-fought game. It was an exciting game. You know, with Rondo hitting that last shot, I'm, I was actually happy. This time, I'm a Rondo fan because he played with the Celtics. You know, even he, he came out and said, this is still my home, playing in the Garden. So, I mean, to me, I was happy with that. I had no no issues with the Celtics losing. They lost that game himself with the Clippers. I think the Celtics at this point where they're they're looking for veteran leadership because Kyrie Irving didn't play the whole game. I think he was like, I think after the half he was out with some injury. So now it's, now Danny Ainge has to come up. I think he has to figure something out. He, he used to get to a veteran player, someone, because these guys are too young. I mean, they're, they're going to make mistakes. Everybody wants their chance at the ball. He wants to get the ball. They want to do something with it. They don't want to pass it. They don't want to make look for uh, the greatest shot they can get. 
You know what I mean? So I think that's what, what happened. Okay, I mean, the Celtics, I mean, no doubt, I think are going to be in, in, in the fold in the Eastern Conference playoffs, in my opinion. We'll see what happens, obviously, come playoff time. And I'm sure we'll be talking about them a lot during the off season as well in, in July. So we'll get into some of the other trades in the Eastern Conference that actually took place. So between uh, the three trades that took place between the three like top teams in, in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee getting Miritich, uh, Toronto getting Marcus All, and Philadelphia getting Tobias Harris. Of those three trades, Asif, which one do you think will make the most impact uh, down the line uh, in March and April and possibly into the playoffs in the Conference semis, conference sem- uh, conference final matchups. I mean, I think the best short-term and long-term impact was the Tobias Harris trade. It was it really gave them a foot. I mean, Tobias Harris, outside of the Warriors, you could probably call the best fourth option in the league on the team. And I mean, given his, he shoots about forty-three percent from three-point land, and I mean, he's really upped his game once he went to went to the Clippers and was allowed room to grow. And the ability for them to have to sign him and Jimmy Jimmy Butler in the offseason, I mean, they're going to have, they probably have outside the Warriors, like I say, because you're saying this, outside the Warriors, the best starting five in the NBA. And they're young guys. I mean, their leaders are Simmons and Embiid, and this is what sort of differentiates really, in my mind, them from the Celtics, is they're two superstars, or they're two superstars, and people that fall in line behind them. And that's a big uh, difference maker, and I think that was the most impactful trend, in my opinion. But, or, so leave it at that okay and then staying on the Tobias Harris subject rebound uh with the Clippers I think he I believe he had the best uh shooting percentage off the dribble from three-point land this season with 48 percent uh how does he kind of adapt to not having as much touches in Philadelphia being that Jeremy Butler and Ben Simmons are kind of more ball dominant guys how does he adapt to that rebound the Philly game yet. I'll watch one today because they play the Lakers at 12.30 Pacific time. And I'll see how it is. But uh, I think he'll adapt. I mean, I think uh, he would rather contend than be uh, a borderline playoff, a borderline playoff team. And, uh, but I, I disagree with Asif. I think uh, getting Nikola Meritage was the best deal for Milwaukee. And I think that that's really going to improve them because he helped a lot with New Orleans last season in the playoffs as they beat Portland in the first round. Okay, so Nikola Demiritich rebound thinks is the best deal. Uh, uh, Akshay, a question for you in regards to Philly. Uh, they've always had trouble with shooting. That was kind of their Achilles heel in last year's playoffs. Now with Redick and Tobias Harris in the starting lineup for them and then some decent bench guys, uh, have they improved their three-point shooting good enough to kind of g- make a deep run in the Eastern Conference? What do you think? I think they have. You know, I mean, when you add the uh, Tobias Harris, you know, the, the guy's in, the guy's in, uh, how would you say, he's not, um, he's not considered an elite-level player, but I think he plays well enough. You know, I mean, when you add him to the team, it's, uh, they have a, a good starting five, you know, one of the best in the league. You know, so I, I definitely think it does improve shooting. But uh, what I'm more um, afraid of, and hopefully they can get through it, is they need to share the ball. You know, everybody needs to get their touches. So, I mean, 
I think it's a good trade for Philly. We just have to wait and see what happens. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, going to another trade in the Eastern Conference, Mark Gasol going to Toronto for Valanchunas and Dylan Wright. Asif, uh, well, how much of an impact do you think he makes for Toronto? Uh, and is he kind of the same uh, defensive player of the year type uh, player that we saw like a few years ago? What do you think? Yeah, um, I think I mean, it was a great trade. I just don't know how much of an impact he had because this big, ball guy that you sit in the middle and can defend the floor. I mean, 10 years ago, it's a very impactful trade. But, I mean, we as we've seen over the past call three to five years, the NBA has gone small, really. I mean, so these guys, these big ball-dominant sort of playing the middle centers are less value, a lot less value. And so, I mean, he'll... I mean, Marcus Holt's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I don't know how impactful he'll be in the sense that, I mean, as long... For Toronto, it's, it's, it always comes down to Kawhi. As long as Kawhi is right, they're, they're going to be a contender in the East. Best two-way player in the league. So, that's... And, and I think they can compete with anyone. You've seen the growth with Pascal Sayakam and OG Boy and Norman Powell and, and Lowry still playing really well, so... I think he's least impactful from those three major trades, I would say. Okay. And then, Rebound, a question to you in regards to Toronto. Obviously, we, we, we see that Kawhi, Danny Green, Ibaka, these type of guys have experience, but some of these other guys that Asif mentioned, like Siakam, Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Pat McCaw, Kyle Lowry, how, what's your trust level at with these, with, in regards to these guys when it comes playoff times, because they've shown that they've come up really small in the past couple of seasons. So what do you think about that? I think OG and NLB has really grown over this, this season. Last year was his rookie season, so he's really grown. And Siakam has just come out of nowhere and just started putting up great numbers. But I don't know what the trust level can be. But as Austin mentioned, it's going to be all on Kawhi. It's, all, it's always on the star player, and that's what's going to Okay, as Charles Barkley would probably say, the Raptors are only going to go as far as Kawhi Leonard takes them. So, I, I mean, picking up Gasol, actually, I mean, it, will he even get time in crunch time, or are they going to go to, like, smaller lineup like Asif mentioned, probably go with Serge Ibaka or, or Pascal Siakam at the, at the five? What do you think? I think he'll get time in crunch time. You know, Gasol, he's your big center, right? But, uh, but this guy is very agile. I mean... He can hit the three-pointer, you know, so I can definitely see him hanging around the three-point line at the end of the game with Kawhi having the ball going down, and if, he, if Kawhi takes it or he looks to the open man, Gasol is capable of hitting that three. So, I mean, I think it's a good move for Toronto. I mean, you get another star um, center. I mean, he, he's a little older. Uh, he's a little older, but uh, I think uh, it was a good move. Okay. And then rebound, uh, because you mentioned Miritich, uh, how does he kind of improve Milwaukee? And do they have do they have enough shooting now going into the playoffs? What do you think? I still don't think they have enough to come out of the East, but they definitely improved. He's going to help out, so uh, Giannis can do his thing. And, uh, they have they have Rob Lopez who can also shoot. But I just don't. I just don't see it coming from Milwaukee. Everyone's very high on Milwaukee, but I'm not sold on Milwaukee. Okay, Asif. As far as the 
the matchups. Do you, do you see a Milwaukee Philadelphia conference finals, or do you think someone else in that matchup? What do you think? I mean, to be honest, I, like I have a lot of faith in Bud Holzer as a coach. Uh, what he did in Atlanta for those few years that he was there, and I, I still think Giannis is still growing rapidly as a superstar. He's already one of the call top five or six players in the game, however you want to rank them, and. I kind of, st- I, I think uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call something that I didn't call at the beginning of the year. I think it's gonna be a Milwaukee and and uh, and Toronto uh, conference finals. I think I don't think Boston or Philly is gonna make it out of the semis. But that, but I say that with the exception that who's who are my picks to come out of the East for the next ten years? Most times it's gonna be either Philly or Boston. So I, 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 we're talking about this year and this year only. Okay. Right now. That's fair. I mean. Milwaukee, I mean, really long. I mean, they can and they have players that can play both ends. Obviously, like with Giannis and Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be. Bledsoe looks a lot more comfortable this year than he did last year when Terry Terry Rozier outplayed him in the conference semis. Yeah, definitely. And then Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon as well. I mean, he's looked good. So, I mean, they're sitting there first, and between those two four teams that we mentioned, I, I I think anybody can go in the the conference finals. But I think. I think it's going to be Philly and probably probably Milwaukee, I would say. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, in regards to the Eastern Conference, Rebound, any other kind of potential teams that you see kind of making a little bit of noise besides those four that we mentioned? Obviously, Indiana probably would have been a considerable threat if Oladipo was still healthy, but he's out the entire season. But w- what do you think maybe about Brooklyn getting Karis LeVert back yesterday? Uh, any other possible contenders besides those four teams that we just discussed? Uh, pretty much, no. I hope Detroit makes it. They have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. I mean, so maybe they can make some noise if they make it. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Akshay, anything else? Any other pressing news you want to discuss in the Eastern Conference? I don't really see anything aside from those four teams that we mentioned. What? I don't see anything else. I don't see... I mean, I, I agree with... Uh, the rebound on the Pistons, you know, you have, uh, I mean, they definitely have a chance to get into the fold. I mean, they picked up Thon Maker. So, I mean, besides that, I don't, I don't really see anybody else. I think the only thing that's really consequential there is what Washington ultimately does in the offseason with Bradley Beal. If they do trade them and flip them for future assets, that's probably the most interesting storyline for the rest of the teams in the East. <laughs> Obviously, outside of New York's free agency, but yeah. for the past decade, that's been a story and a non-story, so... Until they get someone that's worthwhile, it's really not it doesn't really matter. Okay, speaking of Washington, kind of glad that you guys brought that up. In regards to John Wall rebound, uh, are we calling BS on the the slip and fall story in his house? I'm pretty sure it's BS. We never know what the real story is. Uh, he did, probably did something, but they said he's most likely out for next year too, and he's going to go back to college to get his degree. So I don't know what's going on with that guy. Okay, Asif, in regards to that contract, uh, how does that really kind of hamstring Washington now? I mean, because that contract hasn't even started or kicked in yet, so what did they do? I mean, do they get rid of Bradley Beal? Do they sign him? What do you think? I mean, I think you, I think you had to punt Bradley Beal this offseason when you can get a couple pick, first-round picks for him because the team that's constructed around Beal and Wall is not good enough to compete with those top four teams you mentioned earlier. So it's kind of you just have to – take the Sam Hinkie approach and Danny Ainge approach and get as many future draft and young assets as you can and go from there. 
Like, the team around Beal and Wall, and Wall, who knows if he's ever the same. Players never come back the same from a ruptured Achilles. Whether you're young, old, or whatever, they just never come back from a ruptured Achilles the same. ACLs, yeah, but ruptured Achilles, no. So I think you got to sort of bite the bullet. I mean, you'll play out the, the, the John Wall contract. It sucks for sort of Washington because this is the same story that happened with him and Gilbert Arenas a decade ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Signed this guard to a big, massive contract, and then he injures himself, and is never the same player. It's unfortunate. I mean, I like John Wall. I think he's a great player, but uh, you, you have to sort of move on from the team that's constructed around your two all-star guards. Okay, that's fair. Very, very fair analysis. And then, in regards, I guess one last storyline in the East. Obviously, Markel Fultz in a smaller deal got dealt from Philadelphia for Jonathan Simmons and a couple draft picks. So. In regards to Fultz, Akshay, uh, any chance that he can kind of turn around what it has been a abysmal a year and a half and kind of a rough two, year and a half for him in his first couple of years in the I mean, NBA? He has a I mean, he has a chance now. He, he has a new chance of life, you know, with Orlando. I think it was very unfortunate with that draft and with Lonzo Ball and uh, I think with Fultz and then all the media playing into it. And I, I don't think the guy was... Um, I don't think he was in in the right place at that at the right time. So I guess here he gets another chance. You know, I'm I'm happy for the kid. Hopefully everything works out. 